Welcome to the Practice Purchased Podcast, where you'll learn everything you need to know to buy the perfect dental practice, all for free, and all in less than 20 minutes an episode. Learn more about your host, author, presenter, and coach to hundreds of successful dental practice buyers by visiting brianhanks.com. Welcome to Practice Purchased, the podcast about buying a dental practice. Episode 9, we're talking about valuations. How much is a dental practice worth? How do you know how much a dental practice that you're considering buying is really worth? And is it worth what a broker or a seller is telling you? I'm going to teach you some basic principles today that will help you answer that question and feel comfortable buying a practice at a specific price and having some logic behind why a practice is worth a certain amount. Before we get into specific numbers, and I do have some very specific numbers for you in this episode, I think this is going to be a really, really valuable one for you. I want to tell you a quick story about valuations and how they work in the real world, okay? Toughest class I ever took in my uh, college and, and graduate school experience was a course on valuations in my MBA program. I took an MBA from uh, Close Your Ears, Ohio State people, but my MBA was from the University of Michigan, Go Blue. And the valuation professor taught us all the valuation methods, some of the parts, EBITDA, percent of gross. There were his, he was the guy in the country that was teaching all the investment banks, all the theory, and he, it was his textbook, and he was teaching us all these principles. It was a super, super tough class. Not least of all because uh, the people that I was in class with, all the gunners, all the investment bankers that couldn't wait to get to Wall Street and were, um, you know, very Machiavellian about how they approach the class. So we get through this class. The professor gives us back our, on the last day of class, gives us back our final exams. We, we see the grades. I, I did okay. I did pretty good. And he says, okay, put your exams down. We're going to have a 15-minute conversation about how valuations work in the real world. He said, in the real world, you have this picture of valuing a business and you know using the right valuation method to value the business and then telling the client, just like a home appraisal, what their business is worth. He says, that is such baloney that it is laughable. Because in the real world, some client is going to want to hire an investment banker or a broker or someone to sell their business. They're going to shop around to multiple individuals who have the ability to value a practice and they're going to get someone that's going to tell them numbers prior to actually doing evaluation. And chances are they're going to go with the broker or the investment banker or whoever the, that's going to give them the biggest number, right? If you're selling your business, why wouldn't you choose the banker who gives you the biggest number? And he says, you dear students are going to go out, you're going to promise someone a number, and then you're going to come back to the valuation textbook that I've given you and you're going to go back to the different methods and choose the method that justifies the value you've already promised to the client. Okay. The purpose of that story is to teach you that valuations are very fuzzy and that unlike a home appraisal or value of something on eBay or, you know, examples that you're more used to in life, the value of a business is debatable and fungible meaning that it can and often does change very quickly. So there are two main methods of valuing a business that are used in the dental world. I'm going to go over them both, but before I do that, and, and to forestall any angry emails from attorneys, bankers, and lawyers out there, um, 
I know there are other methods. We're just going to talk about the two most common today, and I'm going to teach you some basic principles. The two most common methods to value a dental practice are percent of collections, percentage of collections, or and or percentage of profit. Okay, percentage of collections, percentage of profit. Now, this is grossly simplified. Uh, these two methods are not the only two ways to value a business. In fact, there are several other methods that reputable dental brokers often use. If you see one, you come across one, you want to ask me about it, reach out, no problem, I'll teach you. But these are the two methods you're going to see the most often. So in the real world, brokers are using both methods and they're weighting them to get to the final value of a dental practice. Okay, so let's talk about the first method, price to collections. Uh, the most common way you're going to see this used in the dental world is they'll use what's called a six-year weighted average, or excuse me, a three-year weighted average, and, and the, de the denominator often is six. I'll tell you exactly how that works. So three years of data. Um, it is roughly taking a, a dental practice that collects, let's use for round numbers, a million dollars, and simply applying a percentage to that number and saying the dental practice is worth X. Uh, most common uh, numbers you'll hear will have a seven in the first digit, 70%, 72%, 76%, somewhere around there. So your proverbial dental practice collecting exactly a million dollars would sell and be valued using the percentage of collections method somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 to $780,000, 70 to 78%. I'll give you the exact numbers here on, and benchmarks here in just a moment. But the method is to simply apply a percentage to the average year of collections. What you'll typically see though, and, and by most reputable brokers, is you'll see a weighted average where a broker will apply um, a multiple to the most recent years and a smaller multiple to years more distant in the past. So they may say, hey, it's 2020. Uh, we're going to weight 2020 collections three times, 2019 collections two times, 2018 collections one time we're going to add those numbers together then we're going to divide by the total number of weightings we gave them which was six in this case to get a three-year weighted average and what that does is since past behavior is the most predictive measure of future behavior and past results is the most predictive of future results it's saying hey uh, the most recent year's data, we're going to wait a little bit more than two th or three years ago. I don't see many valuations go back further than three years, but I do see good brokers, good valuators using um, insights from data older than three years. So in plain English, what the price to collection method of valuing a dental practice is saying is how much am I willing to spend for one dollar of collections. So if you valued a business at 75% of collections, you are saying, I am willing to pay 75 cents for one dollar of collections. Yeah, fair enough. What are the averages? Well, um, this is what frustrates a lot of buyers is they will say, hey, uh, well, point me towards the book or point me towards the the resource to give me the actual value values that I can use as benchmarks to know whether or not a practice is undervalued or under, overvalued. Well, here's the secret. There is no book. There's no resource. There's no secret broker tabulation of all dental practices in the U.S. There are some resources out there. There are some um, databases that brokers will often refer to. 
but there is no one source of objective data that you can point to to, uh, to to value a dental practice. I've gone out, I've since I work with so many brokers, I've actually gotten pretty good relationships with several of them. And I went out to the dental world, these, these four brokers in particular, and asked for some anonymized data to be able to get um, a decent sense, again, using kind of the statistics principle of um, standardized values. And so using um, broker, uh, data from four brokers across the country, plus my own transitions data, um, I aggregated it. And these are the values I came up with for, and this is a 15-year nationwide average through 2019. Okay, 15-year nationwide average through 2019. Uh, general dental practices are going for 76.83 is the number that I got. So general 76.83. Ortho practices, 84.10. So with ortho, in particular, you're paying for the contracts receivable. That's why ortho practices tend to go for roughly 10% more than a general practice. In this case, a little more than 8 um, OMS, oral surgeons, 75.79, right in there with general. Pedo, you guys are getting 78.21. And endo and prosthodontist, sorry guys, I did not get enough data <laughs> to tell you uh, definitively, uh, but I, colloquially, they're right around general practices, somewhere in 75 to 76%. I didn't get enough data though to say for sure that was a representative sample size. Um, caveat, with this data specifically, this is my data, and I did show this to a national group of brokers, and um, I got their data, and uh, it was high for them. They were saying their average was for a general practice uh, in 2019 was 72.81%. So who's right? Am I right? 76 point whatever. Are they right at 72? Um, my brokers were all across the country. They tended to be a little more geographically focused, but um, they had more transactions than I did. So... All this to say that this is an easy method to calculate, thus it's used frequently. Um, this tends to be the more important number for sellers because it's so accessible and it's easy to tell your buddy on the golf course that you were able to sell your practice for 80% of collections. Um, my last comment about the methodology used here, this price to collections method, is to just note that while I was quoting you 15-year average numbers, I am seeing practices increase relative to those figures uh, in more recent years. So if you, and, and, so I'm seeing increases and I'm seeing the good practices, the ones we're talking about on this podcast, collecting 800 plus, meeting your qualitative goals, et cetera, et cetera. Good practices often will sell for more than those percentages. So if you're looking at a practice and the broker's listed it for 82% of collections, but it's a great practice. Could you ask for a discount and point to this podcast episode as a source of data to say, hey, you, you overvalued your practice? Uh, sure, you can, you could ask. Uh, but I will tell you that the broker's very logical response back to you is going to be, hey, yeah, you're paying above asking above average for an above average practice. So um, keep in mind, these are rules of thumb. They're just, they're used to help you in, in the context, context of this podcast episode to help you feel better about where your practice lies on a spectrum. Okay, let's talk about the second methodology. If you remember, we talked about practice collections is number one. Pract uh, uh, excuse me, um, 
value the valuation relative to profit. Okay, price to profit. Um, this methodology will you will sometimes hear the term EBITDA thrown around with this methodology, price to EBITDA. Do you remember from episode seven? EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. It's the true profitability of a business, not taking into account the, what is um, seller-related, seller-related expenses. And price to EBITDA is trickier to calculate, but, it, you know, just a slight tangent here, none of this even matters if you haven't found a good practice to buy. So if you are trying to value a practice that's collecting $400,000, $500,000 a year, um, and your goals are to pay off your student loans in the next three or four years, yeah, good luck. Um, you need to find a good practice. The hardest part of the practice purchase process, in my opinion, is finding the good practice. And unless you find a good practice, all of this analysis and how you value a business um, is a moot point. And it understandably feels daunting. It is, it can feel complicated to a lot of buyers. And uh, with that in mind, I created a video, a free video to help buyers um, understand and use the two most common and most effective ways to find a dental practice for sale. Uh, that video is available for you. You can get it for free. Um, you just text the word find, find, F-I-N-D, find, to 33777. So text the word find, 33777. Again, it's a video on the two best ways to find a good dental practice for sale, and it's free. So price to profit, price to EBITDA, once you find that good practice, you're going to want to use this methodology. Um, this methodology is sometimes called the multiple of earnings. And the reason it's called that is because what you do is you take the average earnings of a dental practice and you divide the asking price by the earnings to get what is a multiple. It's called a multiple. And in plain English, all they're really saying is like price to collections was how much am I willing to pay for a dollar of collections? Price to profit or EBITDA is how much am I willing to pay for a dollar of earnings. A dollar that I get to put in my pocket, how much am I willing to pay for that? A normal range for practices is 1.6 to 2.75 is a pretty typical range. Okay, so that means, again in plain English, that a dentist in theory would be willing to pay $1.60 to $2.75 for $1 of earnings. Now, if you remember price to collections, my range was pretty, you know, tight. Orthos were paying close to what generals were paying to pedos and to OMS. On the price to profit or multiples of earnings, that range is a lot bigger. Um, there's a reason for that. And that's because different, well, one reason is because there aren't a lot of educated buyers like you taking the time to understand this process and they get fixated on the collections number forgetting what they really want is profit. And so they pay a high multiple for a practice that has high overhead, not really understanding what it is they're paying for. Okay, let me give you a simple example to kind of explain this. Let's take two practices, both collecting. Again, let's make it a million dollars just for easy math. And let's say that practice A has profit of 40%. Okay, typical practice, overhead of 60%, profit of 40%. You know, that practice has earnings of $400,000 a year, okay? 
So you could say the average dentist would pay 1.6 to 2.75 of $400,000. So you do that math and you get a range. And if the, if the practice sales price is in that range, you know that you're paying an average price for that practice. Now let's say you've got another practice that has crazy high overhead, 80%. Their profit margin is only 20%. Okay, They're only keeping $200,000 of the collections that come in in a given year. Which one would you rather have? Right? If you're buying them, if you're using the first method, price to collections, broker's going to value them identically. They're both collecting a million dollars. But the profit is so much more important for you as the buyer. Okay? Practice B, taking home only $200,000 a year, would sell for the same-ish multiple, 1.6 to 2.75, but it's going to be a lot smaller number as a result. So my goal with the practice valuation analysis is to help a buyer find a fair price for a practice. My last caution for you on this subject is to not think of a dental practice like a pair of jeans. Okay, you are not going to the mall and trying to find a deal. Your goal when you're buying a dental practice is to buy an income stream. You're buying year in and year out profits from a business. You're not buying and paying for a pair of jeans you're just going to wear and eventually throw away. So think of the practice, the purchase price as your ticket into an event that's going to put money in your pocket for decades. And when you have that perspective, you're more willing to pay high multiples and keep in mind the practice to EBITDA, practice to profit, or collect, price to collections, price to EBITDA method, and make sure that it's the right number for you. Don't overpay. You don't need to make the mistake of, of overpaying for a practice just because the broker says it's worth something. But, but if, it, if you found your dream practice and you've done the math and you've gone through the methodology, and in your opinion, the practice is overvalued by $20,000, don't throw away the opportunity to buy the perfect practice. That $20,000 is a drop in the bucket over a career and decades and decades of the profits from that practice going into your pocket as an owner. Lastly, trends are, yes, the practices are going up. Don't be so quick to blame it all on DSOs, although, yes, that is a factor. The simple fact of the matter is the profits in dentistry are high, more banks are getting into the game, and there's more cash available. As a result, practice values are going up. So as you, as you pay for your practice, keep these methodologies in mind, keep the trends in mind, and you'll be just fine. Find the good practices and be willing to pay for it and, and you'll be in good shape. If you have questions about a value of a specific practice you're looking at and you need some help, give me a, shoot me a note, brian at brianhanks.com. Happy to respond uh, directly. And please, 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 if you don't mind, tell your friends uh, and leave a review on iTunes. It helps others find the, the show. But most of all, I would just really appreciate it if you told your friends about the practice, the, the Practice Purchase Podcast. Thanks, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Practice Purchased Podcast. For more information about Brian's best-selling book, How to Buy a Dental Practice, or about the Practice Purchase Blueprint course, visit brianhanks.com. Thank you.